Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Sakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time and with me as always is my co-host Adam and Eva of the Burgundy and Gold Report. How are you doing, Adam? And what is going on? Yeah, man. It's just been uh, kind of slow with with week, but uh, with all the sports, kind of quiet. But, uh, you know, I'm not a huge NBA fan, but, yeah. you know, I've been talking to you about some great shows. But, yeah, we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah. Talking about great shows. So I just want – there's two things I want to talk about really quick. And I just want to highlight, number one, for our listeners, that Adam – finally watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier and he caught up on Loki on Disney Plus. He finally did it. So Adam, yay or nay on those two Marvel shows? Oh, really good shows. Honestly, it was better than I expected, especially the Winter Soldier because I was like, you know, I kind of looked at that as, you know, a series of two guys that weren't really good enough to have their own movies. But, <laughs> right. man, I, I really, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I couldn't be more wrong. Honestly, after watching it, just, yeah, I love what they're doing. And, you know, as far as Loki, you know, that definitely, I did not expect that whatsoever. At least with the other one, yeah. I expected action, yeah. kind of like what the movies were. But with Loki, right. they're just going a totally different direction of, of the movie. So it's right. really cool. And, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm not a huge uh, Owen Wilson fan. But in this Uh-oh. role, I, I, I do like how they go together. I like the match. It's true. They got great chemistry on on, uh, on uh, screen. And I have to say, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier is interesting to me because the Falcon is so much more cool on the small yeah. screen. I mean, oh, my gosh, he kicks so much butt in that show. And then you're like, why didn't you bring that when you're Earth the Avengers, dude? I mean, you were, like, yeah. insane on the show. But that being ben- said, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said there. So, hey, so the second thing I want to note, okay, um, and, and I know I'm dragging this out, but the second thing I want to note is that I want to highlight for our listeners that I made good on my promise to two-time Super Bowl champ, four-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Gary Clark, who we interviewed two weeks ago, and I bought myself a new Gary Clark jersey, okay? A new Gary Clark authentic Washington Redskins jersey, and as proof, I posted it on, a, on a, Twitter, posted yes, a picture on Twitter, <laughs> I'll wear it, post it again to, to make sure that everyone does not doubt it is not a stock picture that I got from someplace else. So all you Washington fans out there, you know, I'm there with you, I'll root for your team now on weekends when they're not playing the Bears, but I want to make it clear 1,000% that it's because of <laughs> Gary Clark and Rick Doc yeah. Walker, who we also interviewed three months ago, that won me over. Okay, so don't let Adam tell you that it was him, okay? <laughs> Just listen, I want to set the record straight, that's all. <laughs> hey, so, listen, whatever I could do to ease it on and get them on, you know, to make you at least get you a little more educated about, not that I needed yeah, to because you, you, yeah. know, you, you know your football, but, you know, anytime you learn about the rich history to have two guys like that, man, it's hard not to love it, but yeah, I'll have my Gary Clark jersey in a couple months too, for sure. <laughs> it was Adam's plan all along. Did you hear that, Gary and, and Rick? It was just to make me a fan, so good, good, congrats to you on playing the long game there. Anyway, we got lots to discuss today, including doing our rundown of every team in the NFC East, including the Washington football team, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Dallas Cowboys, as well as talking about players you should target in your fantasy football draft in the NFC East, and much, much more. So let's get this rolling. So, Adam, I know this is your show, this is mine, but The Office on NBC, right? Yeah. Like, it's a, that's definitely, you're a big fan. I know that, right? 
huge, yeah, huge, yeah, definitely. I, I've I've watched it like a million times, and I've even watched the super fan episodes um, on NBC Peacock, which they add like they make these extended versions where the show, where the, some of the episodes right. are like forty minutes long. I've seen it all, and I love it all. <laughs> so, I just want to ask you: Do you remember the episode where Idris Elba is the new boss, and he asked Jim Halpert to do a rundown? Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the rundown. <laughs> yeah, the rundown, exactly. He's like, yeah, I'll get right. the rundown to you. It's like the whole time he's trying to, you know, act like he knows about the rundown because right. he really clearly has no idea what he needs to do. There's nothing exactly. he can do to impress the new bosses. So, yeah, that, that that's definitely a classic. I, I love that one. It's an absolute, absolute classic. Have you ever been in that situation when you're like, hey, I, you know, somebody comes up and they're like, hey, Adam, how you doing? You're like, yeah, great, great, great. And then like 10 minutes later, you're like, uh-oh. I don't know who this is, and now I've been talking to him so long, it'd be super awkward if I asked him what his name was. I, I mean, I've been there. I'm oh, there I'm all the time. <laughs> I've been there too many times, and the names, I, I'm the worst. It definitely, I worked <laughs> with some people for over a year, and I still didn't know their names, but I'm trying to get better at that. Working at home is making that a little easier, not dealing with everybody, but, uh, yeah, I'm the same way, yeah. my man. And yeah, and just calling around and asking people for rundowns, right? That's what you kind of do. It's like, yeah. hey, yeah, give me that rundown. <laughs> so the reason why I bring it up is because today's episode is NFC East 2021 rundown, you know. And I just kind of said, it just kind of struck me. I'm like, hey, we're gonna tell everybody what a rundown is. Uh, you know, it's gonna be. And what the best part about it is, there is no definition for rundown, so we can do whatever exactly. we want. We can do whatever we want. We're freeform here, guys. All right, let's get started with the Washington Football Team uh, in the NFC East. And we're gonna walk through every team today. So Adam. What issues do you have, uh, do you have your eye on for the Washington football team going into the 2021 regular season? Well, no matter, you know, who you listen to or who you read, you know, as far as local or national, it's always coming back to the quarterback. You know, getting Ryan mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick, as far as, you know, the Vegas odds makers and everyone, the defense is impressing, you know, everybody nationally. They're getting, the, you know, the top billing. But as far as the offense, you know, between, you know, young offensive coordinator Scott Turner, who, who's really still getting his feet wet, and you're bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick after, you know, Taylor Heinke almost had one of those cult-like, you know, rises to fame in, what, three and a yeah. half quarters or whatever it ended up being. Yeah. You know, everyone said, well, Tampa Bay, you have to, they had time to prepare for him. You know, it would have been different. But, you know, this kid came in the offseason, you know, took it seriously, gained 20 pounds. You know, he's showing that, you know, durability hopefully is not an issue going forward. But when you have him and Ryan Fitzpatrick as your two number one guys, even though you have Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, you know, they added Curtis Samuel from Carolina, and, you know, they just keep stockpiling up. It's Downey Brown from North Carolina in the draft. But you have to have that, you know, that, that quarterback that's going to get to you, and you're going to have to have that offensive coordinator that can really out-scheme some of the tougher defenses in the NFL. So, for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. there's no question that it's the offense because Terry McLaurin can only put so much on his back. So, I think there'll be a, a concerted effort. You know, just to spread the ball around, I think, as far as fantasy guys goes, other than Terry McLaurin, I think you'd have to temper your expectations because I think the best way for them to succeed, no matter who the quarterback is, just, you know, to really distribute it around. And a number, the, the number two target in Washington, that, that's going to be a different guy week to week, in my opinion. But, you know, the story hands mm-hmm. down is, is going to be the defense because uh, with bookends, Montez yeah. Sweat and Chase Young, uh, Deron Payne, John Allen, Matt Ionatis is settled in the rotation. That's it's the best front line in football. I've heard, you know, they Aaron Donald right. is hands down the best inside interior, but when you put everything together, to me Washington's clear cut number one. What separated last year from them being an elite defense 
is their backfield and their linebacker play. So I think mm-hmm. by what they did in going the draft, uh, Kentucky's Jamin Davis. Uh, right from my concern when they picked him up is, is it going to take time for him to be that Mike linebacker, that guy, that Luke Kiki, that uh, Ron Rivera used to have in Carolina? Could he be that role? But from day one in OTAs, Chase Young, everyone is impressed with him. He's calling the play. So if you can get that linebacker set, you know, they added William Jackson from Cincinnati. We talked about him on a past show. And then mm-hmm. so, uh, former captain free safety with Miami, uh, Bobby McCain. You're mm-hmm. setting up a team now that's ready to pin their ears back and just apply a lot more pressure in games. You know, it's obvious with these kind of players. And, you know, a guy that's kind of made for himself in camp is Benjamin St. Juice, this Canadian kid that played for Minnesota, um, mm-hmm. was at Michigan for a little bit, a graduate student. And, you know, he's really been surprising guys in camp, locking down Terry McCorner on a couple of plays down my Brown. Right, so right. It's really, you know, this defense just keeps adding pieces. You think, are they going to go offense in first round? They continue to go defense. So, to me, this right now, it's not about repeating the division or not. A lot of people are saying, well, seven wins is not impressive. Well, I, I don't see this Washington getting less than nine or ten wins, and that's despite the quarterback play. This defense is just too good. And I think you're going to see, you know, just like last year, they're going to continue where they left off. They're going to be the top team in turnovers. They're just going to be hard to stop. How they play against some of the best teams in the NFL with the schedule they'll have, that's yet to be determined. But the NFC East, I think it's going to be a really successful year for Washington, especially take a look at that last five-game stretch. They're playing Philadelphia twice, right, Dallas right. twice, and the Giants. So that's as a, as a Washington football fan in general, I've never seen a final stretch where that many straight division games. So it, Washington, I think it's their division to lose in the end. Yeah, you know, so it's interesting, and I want to focus a little bit on the defense first for a second, because I agree with you. I think the defense, if they get there, it will be a combination of the defense making it easy on the offense and the offense not screwing up. Because, you're, I mean, right. like, it's Terry McLaurin, but it is a little bit of a question mark to me whether Ryan Fitzpatrick is the answer or with somebody else. It's really unclear to me right now. I mean, I love everyone there is a gamer, right? No doubt right. about it. They can make it happen. But I think the consistency here at the defense last year, second least number of yards allowed, um, total amounts of yards allowed by any defense in NFL, Washington. You know, the 304.6 yards per game. So that's impressive. My question to you is, if nothing else changes, you know, is that enough? Is it enough for them? Because I'm a believer in defense, right? Being a Bears fan, I'm a believer in having a strong defense carrying you deep into the postseason. But what do you have on offense? Is that enough? for them to make a run in the postseason, you know, whether they win the NFC East or not. Right, and, and that, that's where it comes down to. The, the defense will get you so far, but when you start getting to the playoff, you know, with like, for example, the way that they played Tampa Bay, you know, in right. my opinion, Tampa Bay has one of the best offensive lines in football. You know, yes. they, they really did a good job against Chase Young, but check out Deron Payne, you know, two sacks, four pressures. You know, he really put Brady on his heels in that game. Uh, so I think what we talked about and a couple pieces added, yes, that could be enough to get them that first playoff win. To get them more than that, no. I think we need to see a quarterback like Fitzpatrick have the best season of his career or, like we mentioned, that Taylor Heinke story become, you know, the best story, you know, out, you know going beyond what Alex Smith did. So we're talking right, about, right. you know, Hail Mary situations. So in saying that, I'm not saying it's impossible for them to be for this year to be their Super Bowl year, but I see no reason that they can make it far. If a couple of things go their way, especially you know we talked about offense uh, with Scott Turner, 
you know, Antonio Gibson really, you know, he was a guy I took a chance on fantasy last year, not just because I watched him, you know, not just because I was a Washington fan, because I love I loved what they do at Memphis. We'll talk about that with other teams, but how they keep churning out these running backs. Now there's three running backs in the NFC East that are all from Memphis. So yeah. I think if, those, if that can really click and Gibson can get going as that receiving threat, which I know he can – that will right. take a lot of pressure off Ryan Fitzpatrick, whoever they go. So they need a couple of those, you know, dark horses to arise and, you know, become like top three in the NFL, like receiving yards. But again, we're, we're, we're talking about high expectations for, for an offense that's really young, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree with that. And let me, let me ask you one more question about the defense there in Washington. So last year, second best against the pass, but 13th against the run. Okay, so that's not taking anything away from them because obviously solid, solid numbers. And and third, least points allowed to opposing offenses. So we're not saying that they allowed these guys to to score on the ground, but they did let them move it on the ground. So the question is, have they improved in the offseason in that respect? Or do you think this is what we're looking at for 2021 as well? And what's crazy is you talk about the yards allowed. Those numbers are even skewed because, you know, teams like Arizona, any teams with those dual-fat quarterbacks, they destroyed Washington. Teams with legit tight ends killed Washington. Games against Dallas, Philadelphia really helped those rankings at the end of the year because in the end, if you really take it by a game-by-game basis, they were more of that, you know, top seven, eight, if you want to look at it. But by adding Jamin Davis, Bobby McCain, William Jackson from Cincinnati, and again, you know, the draft picks I mentioned – these are the additions that you have a lot of hope for, but I think we saw what Washington did with late rounder Cam Curl last year. So we've seen Washington do it year after year, no matter who the coaching staff is. They keep finding these late round guys, and you know other teams do it. Granted, but Washington does it year in and year out. They did it with Matt Ioannidis. They've done it with Cameron Curl. Right, they right. Just keep doing it every year. So I think this is the year, you know, and Jamin Davis, he's an early round, but I think I, even though there's discussions of a potential defensive rookie of the year, I think he's yep. still going to exceed expectations if he can stay on the field because what they're talking about is every down linebacker. But to me, if you look at all the teams around the NFL, uh, Washington, I think their defense has the most upside of any unit right now. Yep, yep. There's no doubt about that. Is I agree with a lot of the, the things that you said there. We have a caller here, Brandon. On the line, Brandon, go ahead. You're on the, on the air. What do you, what's your question for us? Hey, I, I know you guys are talking about the uh, NFC East, but mm-hmm. um, I'm actually a, I'm actually a Jets fan. Uh, oh, oh, uh, you're, you're talking <laughs> yeah. to the right person, man. <laughs> go ahead. I, I live in New York, so uh, I'm very I'm very fluid in, in the Jets, especially the offensive situation, man. What, what's on your mind? Oh, yes. I'm excited to see what's going to happen there. Go ahead. What's your question, Brandon? I live in New York too. Um, you know, I, I think I think the New York Jets are going to have a have a good season. You know, with Zach Wilson, you know, coming in. Um, right. You know, do you, you guys think he's better than Sam Darnold? Oh, that is a loaded uh, question for someone from New York. But go yeah. ahead. You want to take a stab at that one, Adam? Yeah, I, I think it. Unfortunately, it doesn't take that much to do better than he did. And I think <laughs> between the coaching staff. And the weapons they added, you know, you talk about, you have Denzel Mims returning. They added Corey Davis. And a guy loved is Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. They're having that contract situation with Jamison Crowder. But the thing is, they don't really need him. The way their their offense is being stacked right now, I think the Jets can put up 20-plus points a game. But their defense is going to give up a lot of points. You know, bringing in the former San Francisco coordinator is a step in the right direction. But I think, that, you know, everyone around here every day, the Jets fans that I live around, and I think that they have the most hope that they've probably had in the last 15 years. It's because right now they're doing it right. They brought the quarterback in. They brought, had Mika Beckton last year. 
they brought in um, the kid from USC. Now they can play inside and outside. They're building that structure, that offensive line in the trenches. So to me, the Jets, they, they have a great chance to probably squeak out five, six wins. But to me, that's a huge win for them because they're a bottom feeder every year, year in, year out. Yeah. So I think they're a yeah. couple years away, but the Jets have a lot of upside. And you know what? The law averages just says you're going to have to hit sometime, right? I mean, you had Mark Sanchez, right. you had Geno Smith, you had Sam Darnold. I mean, hey, listen, I'm right. not saying all those guys are bad, but they didn't get right. you over the hump at the end. I thought Mark Sanchez might get there. It just ne- never happened. You know, I-, I think that Zach Wilson is dynamic. He's a gamer. Yes. He's a playmaker. He's shown some connection to Braxton Berrios on the field. He looks like he's doing really well in OTAs. He has the right um, – he has the right um, – uh, disposition for this, and he can stand up to the heat in New York. So, you know, if I had to guess, I'd have to, I'd say, I'd bet on him making a difference. Whether that that difference is going to be better than five or six games a season is yet to be seen, but he's going to make a difference for sure. Right, right, definitely. Hey, thanks All for right. calling, my man. You have a great night. Yeah, thanks a lot, Brandon. All right, you're welcome, Richard. Thank you. Okay, so that uh, a little bit uh, a little sidetrack down to the AFC East, and we'll cover that That's later okay. in the season as well. Because I am actually <laughs> yeah. really excited about the Jets. You know, I mean, it, it is really oh, yeah. exciting. But let me now turn to um, fantasy football just for a second, because we had all this rundown here, rundown of Washington football. I want to talk, ask you about: Are there any players in uh, Washington football team that you'd be targeting in fantasy football drafts this season? You know, and, and I, I mentioned him earlier is Antonio Gibson. Um, what we saw from him last year was, even though there was questions of how good will he be at running back, because, again, another Memphis guy, predominantly users receiver, he really showed some good instincts. He was just a little impatient, especially, you know, with his inside cuts and outside zone runs. But in the end, he showed a lot of improvement, especially in that Dallas game. All the coaches have said, you know, in the OTAs, he looked really good, fluid. They're going to make a, you know, a concerted effort to get him more involved in the passing game. Because, you know, you're talking about a guy that's over 6'1", 225, that, you know, is that throwback, you know, um, not quite, you know, the size legs that Barkley has, but, you know, right, that right. kind of build that, you know, can really churn it out. And, again, I think that's a guy in fantasy you're looking for points. You know, he's going to get you, you know, yards after the catch, runs after the catch. Again, yep. I think he's just a guy that some, that might be a little high for some guys. But I'm definitely, if I have an opportunity, I'm going to take him in the second run again because I just think he has that much upside as a, you know, dual threat running back. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm actually going to go even, I'm going to go deep on you. I think that there's potential here for Curtis Samuel. Uh, if you get him late sure. in the ninth round, I definitely think there's some potential there for him. I mean, he's had flashes before and he's put in a good position here where he should get plenty of targets. And I actually think that Logan Thomas, uh, if you get him late right. enough, maybe in the ninth round, 10th round, that, that he could be a good value at tight end. You know, I mean, he's a guy who's going to get plenty of looks, and I think there's an opportunity for him. And I'm going to go even one deeper because I just can't get myself away. I'm addicted to Ryan Fitzmagic. And I just think if yeah. you need to take a, a third quarterback out there, just, you know, just to roll the dice, 15th round or so in a 10-team league, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why not? Right? I mean, the guy yeah, is, right. you know, he's magic. So sometimes it can work and sometimes it can't. Now, I'm going to also leverage your play on Antonio Gibson and say, I would get J.D. McKissick as well, um, particularly in PPR yeah. leagues. I think he's a difference maker, and he's available uh, as late as the uh, 17th round. So that's basically undrafted or the last round of your draft. So tell you what, you know, I, I love me some J.D. McKissick late in the draft, with or without Antonio Gibson, but I think it's a great idea to pair the both of them together just to see how everything plays out. Um, all right, let's go ahead and head on over to the other side 
of New York because we did talk about the Jets. Uh, so let's get talk about the Giants. They're part of the NFC East here. So what issues do you have your eye on for the New York Giants going into the 2021 regular season? You know, first of all, Dallas seems to get all the love with Dak coming back and all their receivers. But I think the Giants, you know, that's a team that people need to be talking about more. I think that that defense really surprised a lot of teams last year. The way they played Washington, Washington Mm -hmm. beat them last year, you know. Um, But, again, it comes down to Daniel Jones with them. I'm just not a fan. I I thought they overdrafted him. If they can continue, you know, you have Jason Garrett. And, see, that's the thing. As an offensive coordinator – I have a lot more faith in him. If I'm a fantasy guy and I'm looking for, you know, any kind of receivers on that team that are going to get you points, I think, mm-hmm. you know, adding Kenny Galladay, you're talking about a guy, yeah. he, you know, although he only had five games in 2020 and only two touchdowns, but in 19, people forget, almost two, uh, 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns. He almost had an identical year the previous year, but with only five touchdowns. So you're talking about before last year, over 2,300 yards, this guy was right. a producer. So you're having him now with the weapons they already have, you know, Slayton, Shepard, those are, you know, number two wide receivers in this league. That, those are your third, fourth weapons because right now with Saquon Barkley coming back, I understand I've talked to Giants fans, I'm friends with them, and seriously saying they're going to work him in slowly, and I get that. But they yep. don't have much behind him in the run game, so I think he's going to have to get involved early. If they really take their time, they're going to find themselves 0-5 because if they yeah. can't establish the run, they're going to have trouble. But in saying I agree. that, a guy that I love coming in, and I think they got him in the perfect, you know, I don't know about the perfect spot. I think he might have even slipped him a little more, is Kadarius Toney out of Florida. Yes, sir. Everyone's really focused on him as a wide receiver. But if you really look what he did to Florida, they just used him everywhere. He was just a weapon. That's really what his yep. real role was. So I think with Saquon Barkley coming back, you know, you mentioned Samuels for Washington. You know, he was using a similar role where he was using the backfield, you know, just spread out, flex out all the time. So I think Kadarius Toney – They're going to lean home in a lot in the backfield, you know, a lot of slip screens, a lot of things like that to utilize, you know, his play in short spaces. But the Giants, they have a lot of options. And we haven't even talked about their tight end, Evan Ingram. You know, 654 on one touchdown. So he's not going to get you many touchdowns. That's the fear if I'm going to get a tight end in fantasy. You know, if he's somehow later, the potential is there. But he's not going to get you more than three touchdowns because I think now that you have Galladay and all those other weapons, there's really not going to be one weapon. I think that's going to be that eight, ten touchdown guy. I think they're really going to spread it around, and that's his Daniel Jones. I just, again, I just don't have faith in him. I don't see him yeah. as that thirty touchdown, you know, even ten interceptions. I see him more as, you know, twenty touchdowns, twenty-four interceptions, ten fumbles at the end of the year. Because I think that offensive line is a work in progress, and I think teams like Washington, even Dallas, to an extent. They're really just going to put the pressure and force him to really get out of the pocket and use his legs. I agree. Anytime he do, does that, he's not, he, you know, his durability comes into question. So yep. I think that'll definitely be something to watch. But their defense, again, solid, will keep them in every game this year, I think. Yeah, I, I think absolutely key, and you just keyed in on it, exactly what I was going to say is Daniel Jones is kind of linchpin. I think they made a lot of great moves in the offseason. I think they obviously, yep. and I, I'm on board with Kadarius Tony. I love the way they managed their draft. But – Daniel Jones is a huge question mark for me. I just don't have uh, any belief that he can break out right. and be uh, even a good game manager. I just don't think that's going to happen. Right. And they got so many weapons there now. You know, like you said, Kenny Galladay, and they also picked up John Ross and Kyle Rudolph, one of a, you know an old Notre Dame guy, at least a savvy veteran there to to kind of pair up there of Evan Engram, um, Aziz Ajilari. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of moves there I really like. Right. But and Saquon Barkley back. You you think they have everything that they need to succeed, but 
that's a problem for me. Um, that's Daniel Jones. So going to the fantasy, you already named off the guys you like. I also like um, the guys that you like, um, but I will say Kenny Galladay, I think in the fifth round is a pretty good bet to get lots of sure. opportunity. Evan Engram going in the 13th round. That seems like a steal to me for a guy who could really break out. Uh, I would avoid Daniel Jones. I, you know, I actually am really surprised that Darius Slayton has slipped so far down. I mean, obviously there may be less targets to go around for him now, but he did, you know, keep right. in mind, this guy has breakout potential. He's going undrafted in typical 10 team right. league. So keep an eye on Darius Slayton at the end of drafts as well. Let's move on to the next team. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Adam, what are your issues? Uh, what are the issues you have an eye on for the Philadelphia Eagles heading into the 2021 regular season? It, it all comes back to, back to Jalen Hurts because I think unless Philadelphia is committed to really running a Lamar Jackson kind of scheme, which I, I, everything I'm hearing, I don't see it because I thought that if they were going to try to do something like that, I think that they would have maybe looked to add more tight ends. It looks like Zach Ertz, yeah. he's a guy I wrote about before that could, you know he could be on the move for months. They're saying they don't want to pay him. You know, he's not right. reporting to everything gets settled, and as far as I heard, he's not going to. So you have Dallas Goddard there. So if you're trying to really run that option, you know, either zone read, RPO, whatever they're going to try to do, you need more tight ends, and they just don't have it. You know, they really put their chips in, moved up mm-hmm. for Devontae Smith out of Alabama. And don't get me Ooh, wrong, I like the move. Yeah. But he's not going ha- to help you in the run game at all. And I think Philadelphia, for them to have any shot at even, like, a less embarrassing season – their run game has to get going because I think that's right now is their strength. Obviously, you know, we talk about Fletcher Cox in the defensive line, but to me, I love their backfield. Uh, uh, Miles Sanders last year, you know, 867 yards, six touchdowns, carry, and then another 197 yards receiving and three touchdowns. So I think his load will increase. But a guy I wrote up, you know, we talked about him before, was Kenneth Gainwell, another Memphis running yes. back that's yes, coming yes. in. You know, he was with Antonio Gibson. They were, they, you know, they were that dual threat tandem that nobody could figure out in that division when Memphis was playing. So I think yep. you're adding him as more of a receiving option. So I don't think Gainwell is going to be that 10, 15, you know, throw and carry the game for you to, you know, spell Miles Sanders. I think right now they have Kerryon Johnson from the Lions, Boston Scott. You yeah. Know, we haven't even talked about, you know, some of the other older guys they got on the team that aren't going to make it. But in the end, this backfield is going to have a lot of pressure on him with an offensive line that's really been neglected. You know, after Peters and they had a strong line over the last 10, 15 years, you know, with John Runyon, all those guys went go. So, so did the whole idea of building an offensive line. It's, it's, it's really almost Steve Spurrier-like, if people fans remember in Washington. Just <laughs> yeah. the, lack of, the, the lack of concern to develop an offensive line. So that is going to be a major issue. And I think if you have a guy like Jalen Hurts, you know, on the smaller side looking to run, I think that they're going to have a really hard time keeping him, you know, off the ground. I think Washington showed, you know, with minimal pressure, they pretty much played their offensive line straight up, and he couldn't do a thing in, thing against them, even in the red zone. So I think Philadelphia ends up being the bottom feeders of the NFC East this year. Yeah, I kind of see that happening as well. They did also draft Landon Dickerson in the second round, which I think was a great pickup right. for them in terms of uh, shoring yeah. up that line. And you mentioned the uh, the, the addition of Kerryon Johnson. Um, you know, and they had some other additions that I think are, are important as well. They picked up, you got safety, Anthony Harris as well. But, yeah, it's a, it's really a big question mark. Jalen Hurts is a big question. Anybody you're targeting in fantasy off the Eagles? Um, like I said, I love Gainwell because I think that they're going to be looking for quick hitches because I think with an offensive line that's really underdeveloped, a quarterback that's underdeveloped and really not ready for – I still don't think he's ready for the NFL game – they're going to need to do a lot of quick games. So when you have a guy like Gainwell that can line up in the backfield, flexed out at the end, I think, you know, we talked about some of the numbers with Miles Sanders. 
I think we could be talking about all purpose at least 800 yards, five, six touchdowns with Gainwell. He is that good. Yeah. Again, we saw what yeah. Antonio Gibson did. He is as good as Antonio Gibson, in my opinion, just not the same body type. He actually has more of a receiver body type. So I think that guy next to Devontae Smith, those are probably going to be your top two options because Jalen Rieger, although I like him, I, I, I like Gainwell that much. So if, if Gainwell is somehow available in that, you know, that fourth, fifth, fifth round, I think that's a sweet spot for him. Yeah, I think right now Gamewell is under the radar, flying completely under the radar. So you might want to Definitely. jump in your drafts early and go grab him because he's actually being going um, drafted late, late, late right now. I mean, that yep. probably will change as we get closer to the season starting. So everyone keep an eye on that. Devontae Smith actually going in the 10th round, which I think is a pretty good value for Devontae Smith. So uh, let's go to the last team on uh, in the NFC East. Not last but not least, Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about them. What issues do you have your eye on for the Dallas Cowboys going into the 2021 regular season? In the end, they still did not do enough to shore up the defensive backfield. You know, teams are, are having field days against those DBs. So, you know, they had Travion Diggs last year from Alabama. Everyone expected him to, you know, get his, you know, his certain, his former teammate. Instead, mm-hmm. you know, they went another direction. I think they didn't expect Mika Parsons to fall in their lap. Yeah. Again, don't get me wrong. He's a great talent, but you know you're you're talking about a wealth of riches. You're talking about a game that typically is playing 70, 80 percent nickel, especially in the NFC East. So now you have Vander Esch, uh, Jalen Smith, and now Mika Parsons. You have three linebackers. Okay, how often are you going to have all three of them on the field? Someone's going to be a liability. You're going to have those guys on quick running backs like AG, guys like Gainwell. So I think they didn't do enough to show up that defensive line. And, again, their safeties, they're still running with retreads and, you know, mid to late round guys. So right now they basically they didn't do enough on their defensive side of the ball because, again, linebackers, when you invest that much in your linebacker, of course, somewhere is going to suffer. And with them, their defensive backfield suffers. So, and one thing that I didn't mention is they spent so much time and resources for that offensive line to only see them to slowly dissipate over the last five years. You know, the, one of the last true right, guys on right. that line is um, Tron Smith, and he's dealing with neck injuries similar to Chris Samuels for Washington at the end of his career when he was at the left tackle. So that's an issue that they're going to have to show up next year is the offensive line. So we can have all these weapons, C.D. Lamb, um, Cooper. You know, you're talking about, you know, Gallup between those guys, 3,000-plus yards and Zeke coming back. But, again, the, the guy that I love from them that nobody's talking about, the other Memphis running back is Tony Pollard. Um, everything I've been reading from Dallas and reaching out mm-hmm. to guys I know over there that are talking to them on the beat is this guy is going to be heavily involved in the receiver game because they right. really didn't involve, uh, invest much, if anything at all, in tight ends. So I think you're going to see them use not just Zeke, you're going to see a lot of running backs using the receiving game. So Tony Pollard, he's a guy that I think is going to get, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, targets in the passing game. And, you know, who knows, with Zeke, the way he's playing and what he's making, don't be surprised if we get towards the end of the year and Pollard ends up being a running back one for them. So in the end, Dallas has all the receiving options with Dak coming in the world. But, yeah, they're going to have, they're going to have a problem stopping teams. Yeah, I, I, I agree with uh, most of what you said there, and um, I do think there's going to be some issues. But I do think that their defense has made some improvements. I mean, as you mentioned, yeah. Mike Parsons, I think Kelvin jo- Joseph, Ken O'Neill, I, I think there's some, there's some impact there that may actually change everything. But to me, Dak Prescott is the key. Um, he's back yep. and healthy. Will he be Dak Prescott or will he not? You know, I mean, that, that's the big question for me because if he is, he can make things happen with that. They have an outstanding wide receiver unit. So who knows what's going to happen there. They have potential to be number one or number four. 
That's the way I see the Cowboys going. They're either going to come out of the gates roaring or they're just going to bust out completely. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. And on fantasy, you know, I'll mention, I mean, everyone knows Ezekiel Elliott's going to go in the first round. I like the fact that you mentioned C.D. Lamb. You know, a lot of people are looking at Amari Cooper. I prefer C.D. Lamb for, on the drafts, and he's being drafted slightly behind yeah. Amari Cooper in the fifth round. Um, I actually like taking a shot at Dak Prescott, but I, I think right now he's being overdrafted in the sixth round. We just don't know what he's coming back to. Um, so, you know, that's mm-hmm. something of a, a, a guessing game for me. And, and then you mentioned Tony Pollard. He's actually going in the 13th yeah. round, so that's a pretty good value there yeah. if you want to get him. I think if you get Zeke, you get Tony Pollard too. I mean, you might as well get both there. And one more kind of deep cut, Blake Jarwin, I think a tight end, has some opportunity there. Um, if they come out firing, for sure, for sure. you're going to garner a little bit less coverage out there. Uh, you can get him really late in the 15th round. So definitely worth a look-see there. And that brings us to the end of the show. Hit the air horn on the show. Wow, we went through a lot. Uh, and we not only did the NFC East, but we added the Jets in there. You know, So yeah. we really... Really had to hit a bunch of different things today. Another another great wrap up, another great show. So anything you wanna uh, you wanna promo for us this week, Adam? Yeah, um, just uh, as well as football garbage time. You know, always check me out on uh, sidelines Washington. You know, Apple iTunes, Spotify yes, as well, and YouTube. Um, but primarily, just you know, keep supporting keep supporting us at the Burgundy and You know, right now we're really taking the off season slower, so we're you know we're really investing and in, you know watching. Film and rookies, uh, even get into some of the the, the quarterback class coming up because again we talked about Washington needing those uh, weapons. But in the end, you know, follow us at Twitter, the B and G Report, the Burgundy and We'll have all of our podcast articles, everything you see. So hail DC, check us out. Yeah, and as I always say, don't miss it. It's for football fans. It's not just for Washington fans, although Washington fans are going to love the content. If you haven't been there yet and you're a Washington fan, what are you doing with your life? Go there right now, theburgundyandgoldreport.com. And, of course, thank you for uh, listening. You can find me on Twitter at Time. And thank you for spending time and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Peace.